Hello and welcome to 2022. This is the Mess of a Tech Podcast. I'm Joe. With me as always in Melbourne is Mitch. And we are continuing our A to Zs of 2021 because our timing got a little bit off and we ran out of time. We did X for Xmas with our little Xmas minis, but we're back with Y. It's episode 137 and we're doing Y for year in review. And we're going to look back at some of the good stuff from 2021. So it was a bit of a dumpster fire all round, but there was still some good things in 2021 that when we're doing these A to Zs, we kind of miss out on just chatting about because it's not really the topical stuff that we talk about. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we're going to jump in and we're going to go back to our old favorite format. And we're just going to talk about our favorite gaming, TV, movies and podcasts for 2021. So we may as well start with gaming. Did you do much gaming in 2021, Mitch? Not a lot, to be honest. I have got some games and I did do some gaming, but I've done more. More in the last week and a half, probably, than I have in a long time. But yes, I have sort of got into it. I did buy a couple. I got back into playing Gears of War with a friend. So during this whole COVID times, um, when lockdowns were happening and we couldn't do a lot, I started running and boxing with a friend of mine. So it was like regular catch-up. We'd box and we'd do exercise. Then we'd get a beer and a kebab and undo all that exercise. And we actually got to the point where we added playing Xbox to the after all that. So we played the first Gears of War, which was a lot of fun. Nice. Except playing the original 360 version on an Xbox One, just getting gamers across and playing as a guest and all this. It was very, very awkward for us two idiots. But we sort of got through and, and you realise just how good Gears of War 1 is, or the memory of it is anyway. It was yeah. just a well well done game. And then we went straight into, because we're you know, modern, we played Gears of War 2. But it was just, mm. the, the playing it on the Xbox One was just too much. It was just got to the point of shitness there's a level where you have to carry a box the two of you have to carry like a crate and it was just fucking rage inducing and then we did something where Mm. the game glitched and froze and that was it it's like fuck this game okay (laughs) we're we're done so what we did was we used my my xbox game pass and you log in as me on his xbox you can download games through game pass and as long as you're logging as me you can play them as long as i'm logged in so so we end up getting gears of war 4 and we played that because it's actually meant to be on the xbox one and we could play it a lot easier so we're playing that at the moment a session at a time it's slow going but but it's fun like it's good it's good to go back to something that you that I'm good at and I know it mm. well enough. I mean, it is a, such a such a manly game now. Yeah, so so that's it as far as that. But for Christmas, I did get some games. I okay. got the Hot Wheels Unleash game, just a, a racing game, but it's a bit of fun. Ah, I've been tempted by that. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. And I went out and bought it. I wanted it for Christmas. It was on my request list from Santa, but he didn't come through with the goods. I bought the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I'm glad I didn't buy because Santa wanted to pay like $90 before Christmas, but after Christmas it was only 59 So, um that was handy. So I went out and got Guardians. So I've actually been playing Guardians of the Galaxy the last few weeks, which is a bit of fun. And I do like it because it's a single-player action-adventure game, which will be over and done within a couple of hours. So perfect for my dumb brain and time constraint. You do like those gaming comic movie tie-ins. So, yeah, it it's, doesn't surprise me that you got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's, that's as far as my gaming in general. I will come back to me after you've talked about gaming and talk about my game of the year that I've played the most of, but we'll get through. Um, I've done probably a a bit more gaming than I would have in the last few years because I got back into Fire Pro Wrestling World on the PC 
because a little while ago I bought the Movecraft DLC, which lets you go into the game and animate your own moves. And I was never very good at it. So when I first got it, I had a little go at it and then I, I didn't go back. But this year I decided I would try out again trying this Movecraft. And after watching a bunch of YouTube tutorials, I actually worked out what I was doing wrong. And now I'm actually not bad at being able to make the moves myself. So because my favorite part of Fire Pro is making my own characters and as my wife likes to call it, playing dress ups with my wrestlers, I've now been able to make customized finishes and customized moves for all of my creator characters now. So yeah, it, it lets you go through everything pretty much from the animations of the move, what sort of damage it does, what the setups are. You know, the, the noises that you make when you're doing it, it it's really cool. And the, the joy of playing it on Steam as well is the fact that there is the Steam Workshop. So even if I don't know how to create a move myself, thousands of other people have already made them. So you can go and download them and add them to your, your characters as well. So that's that's pretty cool. I have also bought a couple more extra DLCs for Fire World. There's another one that's called Parts Craft. But again, it's something that is probably a little bit beyond me because it's a lot of using third-party graphics programs to create textures and that sort of stuff and then mapping them around the the character parts and I can't quite get my head around that either so again I've just been downloading other people's works and putting those on my characters but it's funny that this game's now been out for probably what three or three or four years and I'm still finding it my go-to game on the PC which yeah I'm I'm getting definitely getting my money's worth out of Fire Pro. Are you actually playing it or you're just fucking around? Yeah I do. Um, I probably spend more time as you put it fucking around but I am creating the moves and then playing the character that I've put that move on to see how that move works. I do a lot of what they class as simming. So I have the computer use two of my made up characters and I just watch the computer fight itself. But, you know, it's one of those things that that game is very well designed to be able to do that sort of stuff. And I'd say probably 50% of the people that do play it online are just simming other matches. So not actually controlling the character. So it sounds like, a, like one of those soccer manager games. Well, it's it's almost to the point where you can run it like one of those. But if you really wanted to, you could just create characters and create moves and then just let the computer use those you know, that use those items as as a match. But yeah, I, I still get a lot of fun out of it. Actually, something else I have been playing on PC as well, just fairly recently, is on Game Pass Ultimate, you get PC games as well. So I've been playing a little indie Australian-made title called Unpacking. Everyone's talking about that. Yeah, it's the simplest game in the world because it's real old-fashioned sort of 8-bit graphics almost. But the storyline is you play a character, uh, a young girl, who moves out of her parents' home and moves into college and then moves in with her boyfriend. And then various stages in her life, she moves other places. And the concept is you start a level in a house with a bunch of packing boxes and you just have to unpack the boxes and put them on the shelves. And then when you get to the end of it, there'll be like little warnings that come up saying, you know, you've put your kettle in the bathroom. You can't do that. You've got to put it back in the kitchen and stuff. But it's such a simple concept, but it is really engrossing. And it just, yeah, it's like old school gaming and I love it. And incidentally, I think it was made by a company in Melbourne, but it's definitely Australia. And it's won a bunch of awards in the Australian game industry and stuff. So it's getting a a fair fair bit of praise for it and deservedly so. And at the moment, as I said, it's free on Game Pass. So I, I jumped at that. So that was pretty cool. Also on Game Pass on the Xbox One itself, I've been playing a little bit of a game called Wreckfest, which I was hoping would be better. 
it's made by THQ Nordic, so Switzerland or Sweden or something like that. And it's a little bit like the flat-out racing games where you're kind of almost demolition derby racing, where the idea is it's not just about winning the race, it's how much damage you can do to the other cars. Graphically, it's not great, but it drives nicely. And I was kind of looking for a demolition derby game, so it came at the right time for me. So that was cool. But as far as buying games, I haven't actually bought anything myself. You don't need to when you've got Game Pass. That's the beauty of Game Pass. No, well, that's true. But um, yeah, but I, I can't think I've paid for a game all year. But my son recently, in mid-year last year, got a Nintendo Switch. So he's been going crazy buying Switch titles and I've kind of got addicted to Animal Crossing now as well. So when he first got it, I was like, well, I don't know if I will ever get into Animal Crossing because it just didn't really appeal to me. But then I know a lot of adults that have also bought Animal Crossing for their kids and they themselves have been sucked into it. And after a couple of plays, I can see why, because I'm, I'm actually sucked into Animal Crossing now as well. It's one of those things where there's not a lot going on, but there's enough to make you want to go back every day so you get your login bonuses and meet your residents on your island and stuff. So it's like going to work. You've got to go to work every day and do it to keep your life going. Why would you do this? I don't get it. It's probably not quite as bad as that. Like I spend my days logging in, going to the bank, checking out how much money I've got from the stuff I sold the night before, and then spending you know, 15, 20 minutes going around with my fishing rod catching fish and then selling them back to the shop. So you're going and to work. I, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I think there is missions that you need to do, but the only trouble with having multiple accounts on the same switch, the, the person that starts off first kind of gets given all the tasks. So I'm walking around the island with you know shops and bridges and stuff that Angus has already built because he got given the task for it, but I'm just kind of reaping the rewards of, of what he's doing. The only trouble is I don't have Nintendo Online. We only bought it for, for Angus when we got it. We didn't set it up as a family account. So I can't go to anyone else's islands. I can only do like the generic stuff on my own island, which is a bit of a shame. But I, I, I kind of dig in that. We've um, He's also got uh, Mario Kart Ultimate 8, so we've played a lot of that. And I'm tempted by it. Animal Crossing or Mario Kart? Mario Kart, because we still play Mario Kart on the Wii, like with the family and all that sort of stuff. It's still that good a game. I'm just wondering, do I bother upgrading? Because I know I won't regret it. It's just, But we're still playing the Wii one. No one's looking for the new one just yet. We probably should. Hmm. Well, when your Wii dies probably time to check it out it, it is an up version of the wii version with a couple of extra characters but not much different to the wii but an, another game we've been playing on the switch that we the whole family kind of got into is a, another little aussie title called boomerang foo which is a, a food fight with boomerangs is probably how you call it it's very cartoony food characters that run around a little map and the whole idea is you throw boomerangs at each other and try and kill the food so i normally play as the coffee cup and when he gets killed he kind of splits in half and spills his coffee on the ground which is kind of cool it's just cutesy food violence i guess you'd call it but again it's very addictive and a lot of fun to play as a group so yeah but other than that i i say i'm still playing my super card that i've been playing now for about seven eight years i think wow maybe even longer than that but WWE Supercard still gets a bit of a run on my phone almost every day, even though I'm probably not watching WWE anymore. That's the match three game, but it's cards. You, you play no, that's no? no, it's not the match three. That was uh, Champions, I think that's that still was. Going. This is the, the Trump card version. Yeah, okay. they're both still going, but this is the Trump card one. 
because I remember playing both and I saw an ad for the match three one the other day going, oh, that's still a thing. And it makes sense that it is. But I remember, I think the one you're talking about, I remember my phone just would get hot using it. That's the one, yeah? Like it, yep. it makes you yeah. chew through batteries and get really, really hot. Yeah. I, I think you can tweak the settings so the graphics aren't quite as intensive. So, yeah, okay. but it does chew through your battery quite badly. Mm. Yeah, well, I say that without gaming and all that, and I it's funny how I you, you picture moments in time, and I, I see ads for Candy Crush, and it's like, fuck's sake, that's old. Because I remember I deleted Candy Crush the day my son was born, and he's now nearly eight. So that's yeah. how long ago it was that I was playing games, like these sort of games on the phone. When my dad was in hospital, I remember finishing Game of Drones, the Futurama match three game, and things like that. And sort of like, yeah, and I, I get addicted to these games. And I'm addicted to one right now, which I play all the time. It's the one game I have on my phone. Well, I've got many games on my phone, but I don't play them. But this one I play all the time, every day, keeps me up at night. And that is Funko Pop Blitz, which is a match three game. And the reason it's sucking me in, there was an ad on Instagram once, and it was a He-Man in, in Pop Final form uh you know funko pop vinyl and it was a match three game it's like oh i want to play him yeah i can do that so you go in there and this is the beauty of it it's not just repetitive which is fine but you can get bored of repetitive what they do is they give you challenges so the time i went in there it was it was Master Universe. Great. I want that. I want to play as He-Man. You can play as He-Man all the time if you get him because it's all sort of randomized where you buy, you make money and you can buy more pops like in real life. And But they'll have a challenge. Okay. So for a week, it will be a Master Universe challenge and you get more bonuses if you use a Master's character. So you make, there's money you got to make, there's other elements are there, but it's still just match three shit, right? So it's either get yeah. attributes to the bottom of the screen by illuminating, or there's ones where areas of the screen are illuminated. You've got to get rid of those ones. And every time you get rid of those, you get more. So there's different ways. So they move, mix it up a bit for the challenge wise to, to make it a bit different and you, and they'll change character. So it might be master universe one week, or it might be the office or veep or how to train your dragon or hello kitty it's just like every week it's something well you might go five six days and then you'll have a day challenge of another character or, or thing and then another one so they mix up the challenge enough that it's like oh yeah it's it feels a bit different and they make you play other characters sometimes like with hello kitty it's like i don't want to play hello kitty and you're not as inclined to do it other times when it's like masters it's like oh, i really want that hard to get skeletor so if i get through the whole challenges <laughs> by the end of the week i'll get that skeletor so that's how it's Suckers you in. And have you paid any real money for it? No, I don't. I don't want to. And and you can. And I only figured it out recently, and I still don't do it. But um, because you get five hearts, five lives, and that, and they and that's as many games as you can go. And then after, and in I think it's like a half hour, you get another five again. So it stops you playing, which is the best thing ever because a game takes a minute. That's it. It's like a blitz sort of game. That's that's why blitz is entitled. So you only play for the minute, and it's sort of like, oh, that's good. So you play five games, you're done. And you come back a bit later and you might have two lives back because you waited enough time. It's like, I'll play those two. You can watch a video and get three more lives. I've only done them once. And that's because I was so close to getting to the end of a level. And it was just like, oh, let me just still go to sleep. But I've only done it once. But I could easily do it more. But I haven't. I've, been, I've shown restraint. But it's sort of like it is super addictive to me anyway. It's, it's just a basic match race. It's not that hard. What I love is you get these power ups. So if you if you max out the charge bar, you know if you got a if you got a Skeletor or something, he'll he'll do an animation. There was a Jaws one once, so I was Quint from Jaws, and a little animation of a boat goes around and chews up some of your things. So that's what I love is the fact there's so many characters. There's Star Wars, The Office, you know, Marvel, 
everything DC. And yeah, they've all got their own little unique animations. And it's quite cute and clever. But sometimes, you know, when you're playing this game for quick and you get this animation that goes forever, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, hurry up. I've only got a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't get, eat into your game time that pauses nice. while the animation's going. But it's like, for God's sake, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, I'm probably at a point where I probably should delete it because it's, it's all I'm playing. <laughs> it's all I'm doing. But um, thank God, yeah, I, I do the five. Yep. I do the five games and walk away. It's 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 good in that way. But yeah, I do play it quite a bit. And I look at my, you know, it says my average daily usage on my phone, and there's so many hours. And it's like I know what most of it is. <laughs> nice. Well, one more gaming thing I probably should mention as well. Yeah. So you talk about the old days of playing online on the Xbox 360. So I think they've actually turned the servers off on the 360 just at the end of last year as well. So anything that we did have on 360 that's not backwards compatible, we probably would never be able to play online again. So gone of the days of Project Gotham Racing because I don't think that was backwards compatible on the Xbox One. I'm not sure how it works. I think on the Xbox One X it can because I was listening to the No Quarters podcast and they were excited because they just announced that 50 Cent Blood in the Sand is now backwards compatible and they were very excited Ah. i don't know how it works but yeah those damn choppers yes (laughs) all righty anything else gaming related you want to talk about before we jump into television um oh we i did buy my wife the ring fit which sounds rude for the switch which is the thing (laughs) isla fisher sort of spruiks so it's the like the wii fit of the next generation for the switch so it's a ring and you go around and it looks quite fun i haven't had to go over it myself i'm scared i'm gonna hurt something yeah the kids like it sally seems to like it (laughs) like that time we we boxed yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) but yeah um yeah Mm. so that looks interesting and i am tempted to give it a go but i just haven't yet Nice. Alrighty. So television, there's probably a couple of major standouts that we've both watched this year. So I'll hold off on those and we'll talk about them together. But a couple of things I've really enjoyed this year. There was a Netflix series that dropped it back in August, a little mini series that was only 12 episodes called Clickbait, which it's probably a little bit old now, but I won't talk about spoilers, but there's a crime that happens. And then the eight episodes of the series are all filmed from the perspective of certain people that are involved in it. So it starts off that there's a dude on social media saying, I've I've done some bad things. And if this video gets 5 million views, the people that have me will kill me. And that's all you really know about it to start with. And that dude's played by Adrian Grenier, who was in Entourage. And drive me crazy with Melissa Joan Hart. Of course, yes. I I should always remember that because it's a good film. (laughs) Not like Entourage. But um, it sort of revolves around his family and why he's been abducted. But as I said, they, they film each episode from the perspective of a different person. So the first episode is based on his sister's ideas of what's going on. And then there's the next episode, which is from the policeman that's looking after the case's point of view, his wife's point of view. And we find out he's having an affair. So there's an episode from the mistress and and a couple of other things. But it's one of those things that I didn't know a lot about going in. I just heard a lot of people that say, ClickBot's really good. You should go and watch it, but don't look anything up before you watch it. And you really do need to go into it completely blind because if you know the spoilers, it probably wouldn't be as good. But the way it's filmed, the way it's acted, I really dug it. And it was one of those things where you don't really know who the villain is until right at the last minute. So it's pretty rare these days that you watch something and you don't pick it straight away. I know I didn't pick this until probably halfway through the last episode. And then even then there's a bit of a twist in the end as well. But I I would recommend that. It's, as I said, it's eight 45, 50 minute episodes on Netflix and 
my wife and I got through it in two sittings. It was that engrossing. So that was kind of cool. Um, another thing I've got into this year, watching it via the SBS On Demand app, is the third season of Dark Side of the Ring. So we've talked about this a couple of times before, but this season is much of the same with the other episodes. There's a, a really good episode about Grizzly Smith, who was Jake the Snake's dad, and just the bizarre shit that happened in their life when they were kids. The fact that one of his sisters got abducted and there's you know, sexual assault allegations from the family and a bunch of other stuff. It makes you wonder how any of these people survived in 80s wrestling because everyone seems to have a bit of a backstory about how fucked up they were in real life. But there's also another good good one of those in this season about the plane ride from hell, which is a very famous WWE story about how a group of wrestlers hired a private jet to come back from England after doing an England tour. And they got stuck in the tarmac in England before they took off. And they pretty much drained all of the alcohol on the, the flight. And then there was fights. There was a bunch of other weird shit, wrestlers doing drugs. And just hearing that story from the people that were involved in it was quite an eye-opener as well. Mm. Kind of changed my opinion of Nature Boy Ric Flair. I kind of was a fan until I watched this. Oh, and then after that, I was like, okay, he's a little bit of a dirtbag. But yeah. Even the gimmick? Yeah, a little bit too much, I think. Yeah, I, I've been watching some Dark Side of the Ring because they replayed yep. it on SBS, but there were episodes I'd seen before, but they were added with Conrad from The Mortgage Guy who does the uh, yep. the podcast with the wrestling. Every wrestling podcast ever. Yeah, pretty much. So it was him sort of watching the episode, then talking to the creators of the show and sort of and then going back and watching oh, clips cool. and then talking about it again. So I've sort of watched it again, but it was the older episodes, but sort of with commentary in a way. So, yeah, I haven't seen any of the new stuff. But I, I did watch one, I think it was the New Jack one, and it was just like, it's just not fun. And that's what I worked out like years ago. If you listen to our years best, you know, the, when we talked about podcasts, the amount of true crime podcasts we listened to, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, we were like housewives, the amount we were listening to. Mm. And now the only one I listen to is um, Last Podcast on the Left, Out of Habit. And I love those guys, but I don't listen to true crime anymore. And I realized again, watching this dark side of the ring, it's like, they're just assholes. I don't, no yeah. one's not, well, it is the dark side of the ring. So it's not the Mick Foley story and telling about all the good he does. It, it's literally the dark side of the ring. So it's all the nasty stories from wrestling and just realizing it's a shit business. Mm. All the guys in it are shit. And it's just like, yeah, it wasn't fun. Like it, it just was not good. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the Iron Sheik doco we've watched, the Jake the Snake doco, you know, they're not, they're not good stories. They just really aren't. No. And, and you don't hear a lot of people that walk away from wrestling and live happy lives. No. It's a career where people die young and they do a lot of bad yeah. shit while they're at it. But, yeah. They live fast, die with a good-looking corpse. Yeah. Leading on from that, the producers of that have actually done another series that's also on SBS On Demand called The Dark Side of the 90s. And they've gone back and they've looked at iconic things from 90s, the Venga Boys? No. no. Better than that. So they've gone back and looked at cultural icons from the 90s. So there's an episode about car crash TV like Jerry Springer and and how he changed the face of talk shows. And there's another episode about the Viper Room and River Phoenix's death and how it changed nightclubbing and, and you know, the heroin culture that was young Hollywood in the early 90s as well. But it's very similar to how Dark Side of the Ring works. They get people that are around at that time to come and tell their story now, intertwined with footage from back in the day and stuff. But 
it's nicely done and it makes you realize that things like this were so long ago. Like I can remember watching Jerry Springer and then you look at it now and it's like, wow, that was, you know, 95 when Jerry Springer was at the height of his popularity. And, you know, we were watching that on TV when I was living in my shitty flat sort of thing. And it's kind of like, yeah, I remember that, but it feels like just yesterday, but you know, it's 25 years ago now. Mm. So I, I remember growing up watching Donahue. That was the first guy that did sort of that. And it was never as trashy. And then there was Sally Jesse Raphael. And I know there were more over in America than we got here, but there were the two we got here. And then it was Ricky Lake and Springer and all that in the 90s. And it was yep. just like, oh, it, it's, it's changed. And, I mean, there's a famous one with the wrestlers that's out there. But when Springer first started, he was like Donahue Light. And his ratings just tanked. And it wasn't apparently until they moved him from – Cincinnati to Chicago and he got a new producer and the producer was kind of like, well, let's not try and be Donahue. Let's be our own thing. And they just turned Springer into what everyone knows Jerry Springer to be, the, the fights, the the crazy topics and people beating each other up on stage. Why was that? Because I know, because we didn't get Geraldo. He sort of had one of those, didn't he? Because in the, in the, going back to last time we did A to Z, we did the video from UHF, the Weird A. Yankovic film. And they did, did yeah. a piss take of those sort of shows. And that's from 88. And that's when there was like the big fights with, um, you know, lesbian Nazi hookers abducted by aliens and forced into weight loss programs. And then he gets hit by in the head by a chair. Yeah. So that, that was obviously happening in the 80s. Well, that that, that happened to Geraldo. That was Geraldo yep. or not. But yeah, it was obviously started earlier. It did. Geraldo had a, a show where he had a bunch of neo-Nazis go up against the, the equivalent of Black Panthers in the 80s. And there was a brawl on stage and someone threw a chair and Geraldo copped this chair in the face. And that kind of set it off because he was just your normal run-of-the-mill talk show before that. But after that, he decided that he would rating. then go all out. Yeah, and, yeah rating and, and be shock value. And that led into... Springer, and there was another one as well. I can't remember her name now, but Sally, someone or other, not Sally Jesse Raphael, but there was there was there was another one as well that had it didn't ever air, but there was a a a guy that was coming out of the closet, and he was there with his best friend, and he was pretty much telling his best friend that he'd had a crush on him his whole life, but. What actually happened was the guy that was being hit on didn't like it and ended up murdering this other yeah, dude before it went to air. So they they pulled it and never took it to television. And apparently that was one of those things that sort of changed everything and everyone blamed Springer for that, but yet it never actually happened on Springer's show. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just a, a wild time where when you think about it, talk shows now aren't really a thing because there's just so much television cable, you know, you name it out there, that people don't sit at home at lunchtime and watch their talk show. But back when there was only three or four networks, it was the biggest rating in daytime television to have shock value talk shows. Well, going on bad television, now I'm going to, like when I say years best of what I've been doing, I'm actually going to incorporate the last three weeks as well. Because for some reason, I have just, I've gamed and I've played and I've watched a lot in the last couple of weeks because I'll forget by next year when we look back. So I'm going to count the last month Included. And speaking of watching assholes, I watched Tiger King 2, which was the sequel to the mega hit Tiger King, which came out a few months ago to nowhere near the um, hype 
the first one because people moved on no. and didn't care. And Squid Game was more important. We'll get onto that later. Yeah. So you watched Tiger King one? I did. Did you watch? I, Tiger I think King everyone two? in the world watched Tiger King yeah. one. I've I've seen the first couple of episodes of Tiger King two, and as you say, it it didn't grab me as well, so I haven't really gone back to it. With Tiger King, the first season, they obviously started off to make a documentary about big cat owners. That was it. What they fell into was a massive story that invented you know, got Joe Exotic in jail. You know, they, they happened to be there. Cameras were rolling then. You know, he, they were fascinating characters. Carol Baskin, you know, she was vilified unnecessarily for what she was. You know, she didn't do a lot of things and she's become a bit of a victim here. I think she looks like a pain in the ass of a person, but she didn't deserve the treatment she got. Did she kill her husband? Who knows? Joe Exotic is a character, bit of an asshole, but a character. And pretty much everyone in those shows who own the zoos were assholes. A lot of the staff at the zoo, they seem yeah. like nice people, but most of them... It just seemed like assholes. And for those who haven't or don't know the Tiger King, basically it was about, it started off talking about just all these people who own these private zoos in America. A lot of them are big cat owners and they're just, they're exploitative. They're carnies. It's like Dark Side of the Ring. Definitely. These are wrestling yep. people. These are they, there's big cat people. They exploit their workers. They exploit the cats. They exploit the people who come and spend their money, and they're just assholes. Joe Exotic to the point where he he has a rivalry with a fellow cat, big cat zoo owner. He allegedly tried to get her murdered. He organised a hit on her, and he went to jail for I, that. I don't think there's any allegedly behind well, that's that. Allegedly, no, no, no. The, the asshole who took over his business and screwed him over. Set him up for that. That's Joe's story. Guy who was who took the money to have the hit had no intention of doing it. So who knows? He's come out now. So if you watch part two, so that was a revelation. Like the fact this real story. Because I remember watching John Oliver back in the day and Joe Exotic, who's in jail now, he actually was running for president. Like he was never going to win. Hmm. You know, he's a, he's a singer-songwriter, you know, over-the-top, um, dressing over-the-top, mulleted, peroxided. He's a strange cat. But I remember him, they did a story on him, on John Oliver, about running for president, this over-the-top big cat zoo-owning crazy person. You know, three years later, he's in jail for trying to kill somebody or having someone killed anyway. So it was a weird story. In the end, he goes to jail. So there was a sting at the end going, wow, we they didn't sign up for this, but they got it because he, they both filmed everything in this feud. They both have YouTube videos and sort of their own TV station to a point, which is online. So there was plenty of footage to go around, plus they allowed access to it because they were all getting notoriety out of it at the start, and then the big story, yep. the biggest story came out. So obviously to go on the success of all that, they did Tiger King 2. So what they did was they followed the continuation of Joe's zoo that went off to his business partner who screwed him over. And basically he went afoul of the law a bit again and had to give up his zoos to Carol Baskin. So there was a bit of a story there, but there was one episode because there is a, a alleged theory that Carol Baskin had murdered her previous husband. So one episode's all about that, did it? And they were, I think they were looking for another story where they might stumble across something again and it just didn't happen. Like... They yeah, sort of looked. Lightning didn't strike yeah, twice. So too. they went looking. Oh, they went to Puerto Rico to see if they can find anyone who connection to this Carol Baskin's husband who went missing. Nothing. Nothing happened. Then there's the Joe Exotic thing where they actually had people trying to free him. And the day of the attack on Capitol Hill, there were people there with big free Joe Exotic signs and all that sort of stuff out. And it's just like, <laughs> this is just bizarre. And again, nothing happened with that, but it did come out at the end of the episode. It was only six or so where his business partner who screwed him over and got him in jail, basically they're turning evidence and purging themselves essentially saying, yeah, we purged. 
um, in or perjured, sorry, and present new evidence, which might get him off, like he might get out going on this, and they're basically screwing someone else over. So it, it, it became all these people from the show became celebrities in their own heads because of the show and this is following their continued stories and they're all assholes it sort of was this continuation on but nothing to do with the tigers anymore but it was all just just a, a bit shit and not not fun to watch and it's like i i ended up watching it late one night and just kept going i was like okay yep that was that was the thing and i noticed there was another tiger king show that came out recently it was a three episode one and it was all about doc antle if you remember season one, there was a dude with a long ponytail oh, okay. and he had yes. the, the harem of women and all that sort of stuff. I should probably go back to that. Yes. Because yeah, so, he was a bit of a, uh, a dodgy person as well, wasn't he? It's called Tiger King Doc Antle and it's three episodes. And again, another arsehole. So this is a dude who basically is a, not a bigamist. What do you call him, bigamist? He's got multiple partners anyway. He runs his zoos and all this sort of stuff, but all his staff are these hot, hot women and he makes him get boob jobs after so many months of being there and all this sort of crap. But you get his past story. He used to go to Yogaville and all this sort of stuff in the seventies. He used to drive his Porsche and he had the big moustache and the big hair and everything and do stuff with his yoga crew and all this sort of stuff and do magic shows. And, and he just kept having 14 year old girlfriends when he was like 25 and it's like mm. piece of shit like why am I watching these shows? I'm just getting angry. It's just like, so anyone involved in big cats, you're fucked. <laughs> you really it's just like unless yeah. you work at a zoo your zoos are fine <laughs> they're all cool but private zoos just yeah. seems a bit dodgy to me just from from what i can gather mm. like the very small group that i've seen on the tiger king show yeah not good yeah but i'm used to wrestling on the dark side of the ring no. so i was like oh yeah there's just bad stories out there so, so why i watched that i don't know but i did well the other thing we should, probably should mention is the fact that there was an absolute plethora of comic related tvs this year so i watched loki and kind of enjoyed it so that was on disney plus i did like the fact that it's tom hiddleston and i think he's probably one of the best things in the marvel universe i liked him as loki what i didn't really like about the show was that i felt it had pacing issues i i thought every second episode was a bit slow and it's like they saved all the exciting stuff for you know, even number episodes or something like that. Because it seemed like there would be a really good episode and then you'd be all keen to watch the next one and it'd be a little bit of a letdown and you'd be like, all right, I'll give it another chance and then it'd blow you away again. Or well, they save all the exciting stuff that last five minutes. Well, maybe that's yeah, what it is. So it's like, oh, I've got to see you next week. I don't think I liked Owen Wilson's character, but I loved Owen Loki Wilson. himself was enough to keep me watching. I loved oh, Owen. See, I don't know. I, I was, I, I don't know. I was a bit iffy about okay, it. Okay, so uh, see, so that was okay, well. Go. Let's talk about all the Disney. So Disney Plus produced a lot of Marvel content this year. So let's look at them all. So I started off with WandaVision, yes. which I adored for what it was as an exploration of television. I thought it was great. Did you watch that? I did. Okay, yeah. And again, I like the tropes that they put in as they got into different generations of television. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really good and really effective. The real world stuff was kind of a bit funky. And I've we've had a lot of debate, like there's been a lot of debate whether you, you know, like a Stranger Things on Netflix all drops at once. Master Universe dropped in two halves, you know, sort of like six and six. Or you've got other episodes on Disney Plus where it drops on a week-to-week -week basis. Now, hmm. WandaVision sort of, 
that first episode gave you nothing for context. No. And that was, I didn't mind because I didn't care. I was really on board and I loved for what it was. But a lot of people were coming out going, what's all that about? I don't understand. And that's where you probably could have had the benefit of maybe dropping three to sort of give a feel and then going to the weekly. I do like the idea of having a week between to rewatch, to think about, to discuss, listen to podcasts, talk about it, watch all those YouTube clips of 70 things you missed in the whatever. I do like that myself. But yeah, so WandaVision I really liked as as an idea and as an execution. I thought the acting was great. I thought it was, I really, really dug it for what it was. I thought it was good. Then we got Loki, which at the time I really liked it because like you said, Tommy Wilson's great. I, I really liked Owen Wilson as well. Looking back at it now, I'm like, what's all that about? Like it was just a bunch of weird ideas and I love weird ideas and the execution is great, but it was definitely a show of COVID. Nothing was big, all in rooms, you know, minimal actors in the same area at the same time. It was very much a product of COVID times. You could, you could definitely tell by watching that. Yeah. And, and I mean, I love Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. I love alligator Loki. I there was Thor frog in there, you know, it was so cool. Like some of the elements of their deep cuts and having the bad guy be King the Conqueror, which means nothing. I'm a comic book fan and it still means nothing mm. to me. It doesn't kind of work. Like it means more later on when we get, you know, I think, I think he's going to be the bad guy in Ant-Man, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but anyway, but yeah, until then it, it doesn't mean anything. So if all this shit happens. And it's the, here's, oh, we get to meet the bad guy and it means nothing. And all of a sudden the multiverse opens up. That's it. It, yeah. it, it sort of, it was a show that was a fun journey, but it meant nothing in the end. So there was that. Then we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which that opening fight, like the opening action sequence was straight out of a movie. It was phenomenal. And then the, the show really slowed down. But it wasn't until Zemo turned up that it was like, oh, this is actually quite a good romp. So it was a fun show and it had Kurt Russell's son in it. So it makes it an infinitely better show just because it's attached to Kurt Russell in the smallest, smallest <laughs> way. But I enjoyed it for each week going along and watching a bit in the here and the here and it moved on and we got Captain America, um, Sam Wilson as Captain America. So okay, it moved along. Um, but what also it's doing is they're slowly introducing a group called the Young Avengers. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with the Young Avengers comic at all. No, never read it. No, it's basically like the time says, the Young Avengers. So there is Wiccan, which is the son of Scarlet Witch and Vision, who was in WandaVision. There's also, I forget his name, Velocity, I think it is, but it's the quick, the speedster son of Wanda. And okay. Yep. So the, those two are in it. Then there is Iron Lad, which is because the bad guy at the end of Loki is Kang the Conqueror. Now, Kang the Conqueror is immortal. He's this guy who's been around forever. He's sort of got multiple personalities because he's been around for so many times, for so long, and he's also a time traveler. So he comes back. So he's been Immortus. He's Kang the Conqueror. He's the last one, I think, another. So he's got different versions, and depending which version he is that he's come back at which time is how crazy or mad he is. And they introduced a new version in that where there was this dude in Iron Man suit, but he was Iron Lad. And that was actually a very young Kang the Conqueror inside that suit at one point. Um, so he could come in, probably not. Then we had in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they went and visited, which is one of the interesting storylines of, there was the first, there was another 
Captain America where they tested the super, super soldier serum on a African-American dude for the Vietnam War, I think it was, or Korean. So there was this black super soldier, but the history books don't talk about it. And that's, that's what was the big theme. One of the big themes of Falcon and Winter Soldier was all about should a black guy be Captain America? Is, is it the right thing to do? And it was a really good discussion. That was one of the best bits in the show. Not the action, but these discussions. So this character who was, you know, the first black American, Captain America. His grandson lives with him. Is this young guy who becomes Patriot, which is a, you know, a oh, yeah. sort of a yep. young Captain America type character. So that one spins out of that. We don't have her yet, but in the next Ant-Man, there is a young, his daughter, Cassie. She actually becomes Stature, which is a shrinking, growing character. And Hawkeye, which is the... Hayley Seinfeld character. She's actually in the Young Avengers as well. So all these characters are sort of slowly being introduced that we could come together. Like the, the next generation of the Marvel Universe. Pretty much. So, yeah, they're all sort of coming together. They're introducing them slowly through other means and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, so Falcon Winter Soldier was cool. Then we got, what was it, What If? Was that the next one? I think so. Which was a bit shit, if you ask me. Like, it wasn't shit, but you expect more now and you sort of get them and oh was that it and they were short and yeah did you watch it all no i didn't watch it i used to like the what if comics when they used to come out back in the 80s yeah. because they would throw curveballs and it was like you know what if this happened or, or whatever well, that's and the thing though i, I, I love the, the what if comics too yeah they were great yeah. when they were like but yeah i never got around to watching the show well it's interesting i listened to a rob liefeld podcast and he was talking about what if and they did the what ifs in the 70s they brought it back in the 80s and the 90s they've had a few versions of it and a lot of the shit that's happened in the comics now is shit that happened in what if back in the day like it's like what if yeah. jane foster picked up the power of thor and it's like jane foster was thor for about three three years so it's sort of like it's weird that you know all these ideas that were thrown around in this one issue is actually picked up later on because obviously fans of comics grew up with those 20 years later they're writing comics these are the things that they loved and they go let's bring that in i love that as a kid I want to play with it now. But the beauty of the what-if comics is it's literally a done-in-one. You're dealing with, depending on when you read these comics, just say the 80s, you've got you know, 25, 30 years of comics history to play with. And you pick one moment in time and change it, and then you can go bug-fuck crazy and tell another story from it. You know, there was one where it was like, what if the Punisher died <laughs> instead of the Punisher's family? And it's got a picture. It's got the whole Castle family, mum and the two kids in the Punisher outfits with machine guns just shooting everybody. And it's just stupid ideas. And they don't all have to be. No. Yeah. So so that sort of thing, it, it's a lot of fun. So with the What If TV show, so it was gorgeously animated. It's like computer generated with the cell shading. I won't get you to say it. That's good. Um, and the first one was great. So essentially it was what if Peggy Carter became Captain America instead. So instead of Steve Rogers getting the super soldier serum, something goes wrong. She ends up putting on getting the super soldier serum herself and it becomes Captain Carter. So in, so she's basically big, bulky, and she's got a Union Jack outfit. And Steve Rogers gets a, you know, Howard Stark made Iron Man sort of suit called the Hydra Stomper. And they go off and basically it essentially retells the Captain America movie. The, the first Avenger story, but with her in the place. And it's sort of like a bit what if but it's a bit like, well, we know this story. Then there was another one where T'Challa from Black Panther got picked up by Guardians of the Galaxy instead. And that was a really good tale because it was a very different character in a very different position. But what he did was he took over the Reavers and he got Thanos on board. He convinced him not to snap. He just was so charismatic and good that he made things positive happen. And that was kind of good in telling that sort of story. There was one, what if Thor was a bro and he just comes to Earth and parties and it was a bit sort of boring. There was a Doctor Strange 
where he he basically he lost his girlfriend. So he kept trying to find go darker and darker magic to try and get her back. And the more and more darker he got, the more he more he got possessed essentially. And he and he had to he became this really dark version of himself. And then he fought him. There were two Doctor Strange fighting. Now he act, looks like he's turning up in looking at the trailer for the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It looks like he's turning up in this. So it looks like there might be a connection there. There was one in Body Voltron got the Infinity Stones. So it's all linked to the movies, essentially. So be, being the comics, you could actually attach it to 25 years of history and pick moments here and there where this show had to pick from 20 movies. So it's a bit more limiting still in that way so it was a bit more like eh. and in the end spoilers if you haven't just skip forward a bit it actually ties together at the end so i think there's an ultron with all the infinity stones on him and he's like the ultimate power ever and the watcher pulls together all these different what if characters together to fight him so it's like interesting but yeah it all feels too self-contained instead of those single point in time that could be a strange strange story it was okay and it looks like there's another series coming too. So who knows what will happen with that, but it, it's something. And then the final TV from Disney Plus from Marvel was Hawkeye. Did you watch that at all? No. No. Okay. I'd see, I don't really like the Hawkeye characters in, in the Avengers movie anyway, so it, well, it didn't no. appeal to me. I'm not a fan of Jeremy Renner. Hawkeye in the comics is great, but, yeah, the Jeremy Renner one doesn't do it for me, old potato face. I just can't get into it, but I do like Hayley Seinfeld. She's great. And it looked like this was based on the Matt Fraction comic run, which is fantastic. So I was like, yeah, I'll give this a burl. And it's actually quite good. It's a Christmas story. It's a lower, nice. it's a smaller stake story. So it feels like a Shane Black movie because of this, the whole Christmas thing. He actually won me over as Hawkeye. I didn't mind him, so they did a really good job there. They brought a character in from the old Netflix Marvel shows, which was kind of cool, and it just kind of worked. It, like, it was good. It was smaller, it was low-key, but it told a good story, and, yeah, Halo Seinfeld's just charisma, and she's great. So out of the all of the Marvel shows, it's hard to say. I think maybe because it was the first one, but WandaVision? But, yeah, none of them I've gone back and rewatched or anything like that, but it's sort of like... I'm glad you get them every couple of months. We get something new, which is kind of cool. So we've got Moon Knight, I think, is the next one. A trailer just dropped for that one. That looks kind of cool. Mm. So, it, and this is the weird thing. Like back in the day when Batman came out with the Michael Keaton Batman movie, that was a big deal. And that was it. You didn't have another Batman movie for, you know, hmm. I think it was four years, I think, until the next one. You just. Six years or something. Yeah. yeah you rewatched the, you know, you rewatched it on video. If you taped it off the telly or you'd hire it. And that was it. It was exciting. With Luckily, they did do the Batman animated series off the Batman movie, and that was fantastic as well. But now you sort of go, oh, yeah, you get excited. You watch something like, you know, Hawkeye. And it's like, yeah, that was good. It, it filled in six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it goes for. And then it's like, what's the next one? Oh, yeah, Moon Knight. Cool. Done. Hmm. So it doesn't matter. You just keep moving forward. You're not looking back. You're not rewatching. Well, I'm not rewatching anyway because there is so much content out there, as you know, we'll talk about. I, I think one of the problems with that is if you miss something, you don't really know where your jumping on point should be mm. because it's you know, which do you watch first? Do they all intertwine? Can I just watch all of Hawkeye now, or do I need to have seen you know Titans or whatever? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's what stopped me is the fact that I wasn't a huge fan of some of the characters. So I thought, well. Do I really need to watch this? And now I've missed so much, it's it's hard to know where to pick up from. I, if you got the time, I Hawkeye's worth a watch. I'll give you that. That's cool. It's okay. Cool. But what have you been watching? Let's move on. Let's move away from Marvel for a bit. Let's let's stop growing oh, well, Disney Plus for a bit. And what have you been watching? Well, two things that I know we've both watched, and I I don't think we're alone in the fact that 
both of us really enjoyed Squid Game, mm-hmm. and it was something that sort of came out of nowhere. So there is a lot of Korean television out there, but for some reason, Netflix picked up on this and it became a worldwide phenomenon. Like, I watched the subtitled version. I know you watched the English dubbed version, but uh, I don't know. There, there was just something about it. It was gritty. It was realistic. Yes, it is super fucking violent. And there was a lot of stuff in it you look at and go, my God, did I just see that on television? But I, I thought the acting was really good. The, the main character to start off with wasn't likable at all. And then you grew to love him as the series went on. And I think that was just the beauty of it. The fact that at the start, you didn't know who was going to be the good guy, who was going to be the bad guy. They all just seemed like a bit you know, dirtbag characters. But as it progressed you you got to like these people and it it was just something that i thought was really really well done up until the very last episode i think after the ending they could have ended it probably about half an hour earlier in that final episode you didn't need i'm not going to go too spoilery here but i don't think you needed that after the game had finished section but that's just me i don't know what did you think i I, it was some sort of closure because for me that last bit you sort of go, what was the point? Why did they go through it? You needed some sort of explanation as to who and what was going on. I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. It was a cra- like it was an amazing show. As an execution, I remember I haven't watched all of it, but I remember watching an episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and there was an episode where there was a virus in the computer, and the way they filmed it and directed it, and there was tension, like there was nothing physical happening, but the threat of this this virus was really put across beautifully. Like it was like the stress and the tension was great. That's what this show did well. Like you can take the story around it. Yeah, we've all seen crazy like Hunger Games or DOA or something like that to bring Kevin Nash into this. But the execution of it, like like it's like basic concept for those who haven't because pretty much the whole world saw it. But essentially these people down on their luck get given an opportunity that's like, oh, you want to make some money? Go and do this game. And what it is, a lot of kids' games or sort of stuff from – Korean childhood turned into they, they were they were playground games yeah turned into nasty nasty death traps essentially and the tension that, that they did like the first one where you, basically it's um, what's the time Mr. Wolf kind of thing what we call here red light green light and it was just like fuck and you're watching it and you're watching it and as it's played out it's so beautifully filmed as far as it's clean it's light it's not ominous as far as viewing it's just ominous as far as concept and that was pretty crazy but there's a game of marbles and that was just manic where it was slow paced but yeah. the, the the tension and the dread the tension yeah it just built up and built up and built up and you're just turning these things like tug of war into something incredibly incredibly nasty and all those sort of things just worked really well with the character development so it was it was good in that way sort of the characters I mean, you felt there's some that you really liked and when they end up being killed, it's like, you know, it's just like, I wanted them to make it, but you know the way the game was, or the the show was being done, it was like, they're not going to make, you know, not everyone's going to make it. I'm going to lose people along the way here. Some were better than others. And there was one, another episode where there was a fight in the dormitory. Yeah. And I don't remember. How well was that done? I forgot, I forgot to breathe. I was so invested in it. So yeah, full credit to the writers and directors for making a very effective show. Like, yes, can they do action well? Yes. They make a game of marbles, like the dread that they make you feel watching this thing. And it's like, just fucking finish forever. I'm over this. I don't want to watch anymore kind of thing. So, yeah, just really effective in that way. You could have taken away the rich assholes watching with a stupid mask. That could have come out. Yeah, I didn't think that was necessary that was either. That just made it weird and quirky, and that's that's what you expect from sort of a lesser show, I would have thought, but I don't know. I'd See, to me, that seemed like the Western influence coming into it. 
if if it was just a pure Korean show for Korean television, I don't think you would have got that. Yeah, I have no idea. So that was that was interesting for that. Um, that was kind of cool. So yeah, Squid Game. I as far as an, a viewing experience goes, it blew me away. Absolutely blew me away because it was so visceral. And even gunshots became nasty. Like there was episodes where you're just hearing the gunshot. You're not seeing anything. It's not super violent, but it just shows how impactful a gunshot is. Like you watch something like Commando or something where people are shooting guns all over the place. You're desensitized to it. It's just a gunshot, you know. It, it's it's not. You can watch even something like TJ Hooker or Hunter, you know, if you want to go 80, 80s TV show. <laughs> And it means, With Adrian's bed. Yeah, it means nothing. It's just a gunshot. But when you watch this, you see a few and people get shot and it's visceral and you actually see blood and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, they pull out a gun and shoot someone and they're dead. And it's like, fuck. Yep. And you see it. It's one shot. Someone's dead. And then they just play up and more gunshots. And you know each one of those gunshots, that's a dead person that you've been watching. And it's just like more effective than, you know, watching something like a commando or something like that. And it was just like, yeah, really impactful. Now, whether Korean, I don't know what it is about Korean cinema. Like they're having obviously a big surge of popularity as far as world culture goes at the moment, you know, Gangnam Style, it's, a long, it's old now, but K-pop, Parasite wins the Oscar a couple of years ago. Cause they're just sort of that weird line. Like, cause Japanese cinemas, like I've been watching, you know, anime and Japanese movies and all that for a long time, but you got your Godzillas and all those sort of things. And there's J dramas and all that sort of shit, which I don't watch, but they're, they're out there, obviously. But there's something about Korean cinema that seems to, uh, I, I don't know, just seems to fit in the Western culture that little bit easier. Where you go, oh, yeah, I sort of recognize myself in that, but it's different enough to be interesting. Where, I don't know if Japanese culture says that one step away where it's like I'm watching a foreign show. I don't know if that's the yeah, sort maybe. of thing. But, yeah, so it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, but I think they are making a season two. And why wouldn't you if you're the most popular show in the world? Exactly. It's like, yeah. I, I'd be happy not to. It's like just leave it where it is unless you can do it again. Don't. Hmm. And that's the trouble with making sequels. You never know whether it is going to be as good as the original. And a lot of times you sit there and think, well, did they really need to? But obviously Netflix made bucket loads of money out of this, so they're, they're throwing more money at the people that made it to make another one. But, yeah. mm, cool. All right. Another TV on the other side of Squid Game. Well, you could say it got dark, but something on Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called. The feel-good show of season one that was amazing, that was Ted Lasso. Yeah. And it's funny because I've had Apple TV for a little while and I never really got my money's worth out of it. I think my wife bought a new iPad a little while ago when they gave her a year worth of free Apple TV. And then after that, it just continued at $7.99 a month and we didn't really think anything of it until one day we were like, what's this Ted Lasso show that everyone's talking about? So my oldest son is soccer mad and it turns out that he'd actually watched a couple of episodes of the first season just on his own and then when we started watching it we were like oh there's this show about soccer do you know anything about it he was like oh i've actually watched it but then when we actually watched a few of the episodes and realized the adult content that's in it and especially the language we were like i don't know if our 14 year old should really be watching this but in the end we ended up watching both seasons together with him which made for a couple of uncomfortable moments but yeah i it as you say the first season is that feel good moment it's the story of an american football coach who was brought into an english soccer team to coach them purely by the fact that the owner has kind of got the team as part of a divorce settlement and because it meant so much to her ex-husband that she doesn't like anymore she's going to try and drive it into the ground so she's brought this guy in to fail but in the end his personality wins over yeah so i, I think it originally came from 
a little short that Jason Sudeikis had done on somewhere or a, a shot from, from somewhere on Sports Center or something like that. And then they turned the concept into a whole program. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know much about the history. I don't really care. I Everyone talked about the show before I saw it. So the hype was all there when I watched it first time around. And it, it's it really, and watching a season two, I re- it feels like two different shows. Like it works beautifully and perfectly together. The synergy is amazing. But you've almost got this, is it Ian Curtis? Who's the guy who wrote Four Winnings and Love Actually and all this sort of stuff? Not Ian Curtis. He was from Joy Division. No, not him then. <laughs> the other side of it comes, it sounds like it comes from Ian Curtis. But anyway, the guy who does who does those, you know, four weddings and a funeral and that sort of thing. You've got this British farcical comedy, but it's got a dark edge to it. You know, it's very British and feels yeah. that way. Where Ted Lasso, which is Jason Sudeikis' character, you might know him from um, Saturday Night Live, was with his breakout. He's almost Ned Flanders, like so close to being Ned Flanders. Just this, yeah. he's got the moustache. He's he's got everything's a positive attitude. He's got just a saying for everything, and just he's just incredibly positive. So he gets brought over to. Co- this soccer team he's a midwest i don't know if it's college level or even less he's from yeah college football yeah yeah. and he's sort of like he's just popular amongst his team but it's not like he's got massive success but he comes over and and this is where it's a fantasy show because this would never happen it just wouldn't you're you're dealing with a premier league team and we're talking they're meant to be a premier league team which is in first division or in premier league not even division you you wouldn't do it you couldn't do it like even the minnow sides, which is this is meant to be a minnow side that they're up for relegation all the time, kind of thing. They're not Liverpool, they're not Manchester, but they're in the same league as these people. This would never happen. It, it just couldn't. But the fact you let it go that it does, but the players react like it shouldn't happen. I was like, what's this guy doing here? I don't care, whatever. And we, we're talking, yeah. and these are millionaires. These players are, you know, the best of the best in, in the Premier League. Well, in a minnow team. So, you know, they're still good. And it's just bizarre. But he comes in, he wins them over. Coach Beard is this strange character. I love him. He's awesome. Yeah, so you got this positive thing where he, he eventually just, through being the joy that he's him and being Ted Lasso is a lovely person, he wins everybody over, essentially. But you've got everyone else has their own stories. And they don't feel like they're in another show, but yeah, it feels very English. So I'll be surprised to find, I don't think it's written by Sudeikis or anything, everything. I don't know, unless he's a big fan of British yeah, it, comedy. Yeah, it does come across that real English humour. And I think the fact that some of the... Obviously, the characters that are the football players just have such well-rounded characters themselves that it's really the story of Ted and his relationship with the team. But as you say, each individual player has their own story arcs that go. And Roy Kent has to be the standout of all the characters. I I got goosebumps just thinking about Roy Kent then. I love Roy Kent. No, just the way he speaks. Yeah, the... The, the sweariness, the, the everything about Roy himself. Fuck off. He's a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking awesome. Like watching season two, I was like, oh, this is so good. I love Roy Kent. And then I was listening to the Kevin Smith podcast and they talked about he's got a podcast. I've been on his podcast. I'm like, Roy Kent's got a podcast. I must check this out. I read up on it. I find it. It's called Films to be Buried With with Brett Goldstein. Now, Brett Goldstein's the actor who plays Roy Kent. And the way he played, I thought he was a decent soccer player too, by the way they feel filmed him and everything and say, like, oh, he's pretty good. And I find out this movie, this podcast is very similar to um, Adam Hillier's podcast about watching movies, about seeing movies. Huh. So he gets comedians on and things like that to talk about their favourite films and they'll just discuss film. And it's like, Roy Kent talking film, I'm on. This is the best thing ever. I, I, I can't wait. 
It's not Roy Kent at all. It's Brett Goldstein. They speak totally different. He sounds nothing like Roy Kent. It's so fucking disappointing. <laughs> it's just like, That's oh, he's, he's like really gentle. He's more Ted Lasso than he is Roy. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, so he's a comedian first. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, which surprised me. I thought he was an actor. But no, he's just very, very good. But as a character, he's fantastic. So yeah, Ted Lasso season two, it takes a darker turn. It's The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because really season one's pretty much them striving not to get relegated, whereas season two, spoilers, they have been relegated and it's them trying to get back into the Premier League again. And so there's one episode that I really want to dwell on here because it's divided the community that watch Ted Lasso and that's the Coach Beard episode. Mm -hmm. So Coach Beard is the assistant coach. He kind of has a bit of a throwaway line in every episode. And yes, he's a great character, but he's not a major character. But there's one episode in season two that is totally focused on Coach Beard. And for me, it was actually my favorite of the whole of both seasons. Like he just does this wild night after a game, goes out, mixes with people he doesn't really even know that well, gets drunk, gets in fights, and just has this just amazing one night adventure where you just see this massive insight into the world that is Coach Beard. And when I was watching it, Probably halfway through the episode, I was still sitting there going, I don't know if Ted Lasso's just jumped the shark and this is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. But then by the end of it, just the way, especially the way they put the music in and he just turns up in the nightclub and they just bring the music up. And it's like, this for me is just the best television I've seen all mm. year. I It didn't do it for me. Like people talked it up and I'm not sure. Like I was, I got to it later like, because I couldn't get access to the shows and then I finally could. So I was like, oh, cool, Ted Lasso. So I binged it. And because I was sort of invested in the plot, it sort of stopped that from going on because I was watching yeah, it, it so Yeah, it definitely does stop together. the plot. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was and I didn't hate it or anything. But, yeah, I was I was really in momentum. I want a momentum of the show to keep going. So that sort of threw me out there. Mm. I think maybe I can just relate to Coach Beard in the fact that I've gone out and had nights like that where I've been out drinking with people I don't really know that well and they've turned to be the best nights in my life but yeah maybe maybe it's just a personal thing but going back to the idea of of heel turns in wrestling I, I think the way they did the heel turn at the end of the second season again no real spoilers here but one of the favorite characters turns out to not be a nice guy after all and, and does some pretty dodgy stuff but just the way they did that the tension the, the way they built it up and just that big bang at the end and and for me it was just really well done and I, I can't wait till season three comes out but I think they're actually filming it at the moment and because of the popularity of the show they've actually had a bit more access to Premier League to do some filming of games they're going to use as kind of like pretend versions of Richmond FC's games so it's Good to know that it it has gained that popularity. Yeah, it, it's bizarre because I think there must be a lot of special effects, especially with like, you know, using, putting crowds into, you know, stadiums and things like that. So I think it's actually quite a lot of special effects that we're not noticing. But yeah, it's just very, mm. a very effective show. But no, it's just so amazingly written and just some of Ted's lines are fucking ridiculous. Like they're just so good. Like just his little yep. catchphrases and things like that. And this, because the first show he was just, it's not two-dimensional because there's obviously a third dimension there that you, he hints at, but he hides. And this season we got to see behind that because there was a therapist brought in to talk to the players, a uh, psychologist. And yeah, they sort of break each other's barriers down in this one. And that's just fascinating to watch. Like it's a funny show. Yeah. It's hilarious. But the characters, there's, there's, there's so much more to it. 
It's just like, yeah, I can't yep. can't rave about it enough. It's just amazing. Cool. But there is there is one other TV show that I may have watched a little too much of, and that is the the 2021 AFL Grand Final, which my beloved team, the Melbourne Demons, won for the first time in my lifetime. For the first time since 1964, has the Melbourne Demons won a Grand Final? So yeah, I may have watched a bit, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, it was a rather strange AFL season with the fact that it was so affected by COVID, like most things were in 2021. The fact that they played a lot of games early on with no crowds. There was games that got cancelled because players had COVID. And it it was a, a strange season of AFL. It was, but I don't care. Like last year, I know the year before, because it's like, oh, this will be, I jokingly said, oh, this is last year when we didn't win. I said, oh, jokingly, oh, this will be the year we win naturally. The year I can't go, I won't be able to go to it. It doesn't yep. matter. So when Richmond won, it was like, is, put an asterisk next to it. It's not a real grand final. It doesn't matter. It's nothing. It's nothing. But this year, no, it's much more important. You know, we had so much adversity. It's, it's probably the most important grand final ever. The, the fact that that... <laughs> what those players went through but yeah no i get it i mean you look at i've got friends who are hawthorne supporters who have seen so many grand finals in their lifetimes it's like i I get it now (laughs) i've never been able to get it (laughs) until now but yeah no it's great and and the way we won just let me wax lyrically a little bit here it's like we were down like i watched my kids are young enough they're not really into footy yet, but they see me excited and they'll watch bits with me and stuff like that. So they're, they're good. So when it came to the prelim finals and like I picked my son up from school, I was like, do you want to watch the games tonight? He's like, yeah, it's okay, cool. We'll stay up and we'll do it. And we're, we're pretty good this year. So it was pretty handy. So we're watching the game. My daughter's getting tired. She's, she's like five, just, just, just five. <laughs> and it's like three quarter time. It's like, she's going to go to sleep. She can go to bed. Jackson, you can stay up and wait. And he was pretty tired too, but we won by a country mile. We were fine. I was, I was happy. We were winning the whole way. We were actually butchering them. It was great. So there was no threat there. There was no nothing. It was, it was good. It was, you know, my son saw me happy. It was great. We're in the grand final. This is fantastic. That's good. Go to bed. It's late now. It's all good. I'm happy. Then we got to the grand final. It's a nighttime grand final. It's played interstate. We can't go because of COVID. It's played interstate. So I'm watching it. So the whole day is strange. The whole week is strange building up to this thing. It's like, we're in a grand final. If we, if we lose this, I'm, I'm stressed. I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm This is so out of my zone. I don't know. We went down to Gotham Donuts, which is the donut shop near my, my house, and we bought a dozen donuts. It's going to be a special night tonight. We're going to get takeaway. We'll donuts. We're going to watch it. It's all good. My sister Ubered donuts to her house that day as a special gift, a special Melbourne Demons donuts. So we had a dozen donuts. We were bouncing off the Itch. wall by the time the game started. <laughs> Pretty much. It felt like that. So it's crazy. It's good. Game starts well. We're in front. Everything's good. we got my kids are waving flags in the lounge room. We're watching. It's great. We're supporting. It's good. Second quarter, it turns. No, the opposition, it wasn't good the second quarter. The opposition puts eight, eight goals on and we didn't bat an eyelid. It's like they got ahead and well ahead. And I'm like, Mm. Now my kids don't really understand footy. They're asking stupid questions. They're just saying things. That's just pissing me off. It's like, fucking shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Not happy. And so I get to halftime and what we did with the prelim, it's like, go to the bed, go watch it in the other room. And, you know, we're expecting my daughter to fall asleep and that sort of thing. And we can do it all last time. So I'm in the lounge getting angsty and angry. I'm texting all my friends. They're all texting me. And we're like, fuck, 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 fuck. My kids are on, you know, a dozen donuts. They're not going to sleep anytime soon. They're still bouncing. Wife goes in at one point and they said, Dad said the F word. I was like, yeah, he fucking did. <laughs> they could hear me from the other <laughs> side of the room. So I was pretty angry. But then what happened in the third quarter? So there's any American listeners look up. There's four quarters of a game of footy. We were down. We were down by quite a bit. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. 
I don't know what happened. We took our Roger Ramjet Proton Energy Pills. I don't know. But we put on five goals in five minutes. Or more, I think. It was ridiculous. It was like the craziest three goals in a minute was one thing that happened, which doesn't happen. Not in a grand final, particularly. The grand final is the best of the best playing at the end of the year. You're all in fine form. That shit doesn't happen. Like, and especially with a couple of minutes to go in a quarter, that's sort of not junk time. Maybe if you're going to basketball equivalent, it's like, all right, we just got to get to the break. Let's just put the cue in the rack. Don't get injured. Don't do anything stupid. Let's just wait till the timer runs out. And we put on three goals in a minute. It was ridiculous. And the next thing you know, we're up. We're winning. It's like, yeah. okay. And then all the messages are coming back and forth saying, you're back in this. It's like, we can't be back in this. This is crazy. It's like, did we spend all our, you know, spend all our juice to get to this point? You know, they'll run over the toffees in the last quarter. There was no running over the toffees in the last quarter. At the 23-minute mark or the 19-minute mark of the third quarter, we were down by 20 points. We turned it around to win by 70. Now, if you know AFL, that's a big turnaround, especially in the grand final. Yeah, that's like a whole game's worth of score, really. Exactly. It's like, in one quarter. It's like the other team just could They didn't do anything wrong. The Bulldogs didn't do anything wrong. They just couldn't get their hands on the ball. We were just like possessed. It was ridiculous. And I was incredibly happy. By the, but it took me it took me till we were 50 points up to I realized, because it happened so quickly and so easily, I didn't realize we were so far up. And people are texting me saying, you're home now. I was like, nah, I've back for this team long enough they'll break my heart again somehow i know it (laughs) and beautifully like yeah and sort of like the kids were still bouncing because i was so full of freaking the donuts and the sugars and everything from the night it's like all right 50 up 10 minutes to go i think we're safe (laughs) kids come and join dad let's enjoy this because this could be it (laughs) in my lifetime this is the only one i've ever seen i'm nearly 50 speaking of 50 happy birthday joe you just turned the big 5-0 happy birthday i did yes Yep, so this could be it. Like, I mean, I'm not joking. This could be my only moment. So kids, come and enjoy this because it could be it for you too. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun and that brought me a lot of joy this year and a year of not much joy. Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't had the freedoms that you have in Tasmania. You've been pretty much non-hit until now, but you uh, finally joined the rest the of the world in this whole Omicron bullshit of, yeah, it's not a matter of if but when. Yeah. Mm. All right. So that, that that was our TV. Yes, and we've gone a little bit longer than we had planned. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this up into a two-parter. We're going to come back together and record another part probably next week. So in a couple of weeks, we'll put out part two where we talk about our favorite movies and podcasts for the year. So until then, thank you very much, Mitch. Right, it's see- fun going back over a few things. Yeah. And yeah, if you have any feedback on what we've said so far, you can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. We're on Facebook as facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. And you can always find us, the, find us as the MA Podcast on Twitter. So if there's something that you really loved about TV this year that you think we should have watched, jump online, give us a bit of a heads up, and maybe we can uh, have a look at it too. But yeah, until that, thank you very much, Mitch. Happy New Year, even though it's January. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Same to you. Bye. Happy birthday. Thank you. I would do
know I won't do that. 